Well, I want you to turn in your Bibles this morning to Romans chapter 5. And uh, I don't have a long message. I could probably make it long if, you know, if, if I just let myself. But I, I just want to talk to you about uh, something and ask you a question. Do you know where your roots are? Do, do, you, do you know where your, your roots are? Because where you're rooted affects the whole quality of your life. Now, I'm not talking about your ancestral roots. I'm talking about where you're rooted right now. Where are you plugged in and where are you drawing strength from? Where are you drawing life from? What is your source of essential vitamins and minerals? Amen? Because that's going to determine your fruit. That's going to determine uh, your level of victory in life. How, how deeply are you rooted, and are you rooted in the right things? And uh, uh, Romans chapter 5 talks about uh, the hope that we have believed in when we trusted in Jesus. And uh, verse 1, Romans 5, 1 says, Therefore being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Say with me, Lord Jesus Christ. Notice he didn't say Savior. We know he's our Savior, but he didn't call him Savior there. He called him boss. <laughs> he called him Lord. Lord means boss, owner, and controller. So he says we're justified by faith. And we have peace with God through the Lordship of Jesus Christ. We need to have a proper relationship with Jesus. Because it's by Him, verse 2, by whom also we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand. This, this place where we stand and put down our roots is called grace. And we stand in God's grace through Jesus Christ. No Jesus, no grace. No Jesus, no standing. I have no standing with God apart from the grace that is through Jesus Christ. Amen? And we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. We, we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. We hope in that glory that filled Catherine Kuhlman's room when she passed on to her eternal reward. There was glory revealed. That we, we hope in that glory. That heavy weightiness of God's presence. And not only so, but we glory in tribulations also. Oh, man. I, I was on a roll there, and man, everybody was agreeing with me, and then that word tribulations came up. But he says... Not only so, but we glory in tribulations also, knowing that tribulation works patience. The word patience there is endurance. And patience, experience, and experience hope. Everybody say hope. So we need to be rooted on that ground that's called the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. And, and our roots need to go down into hope. 
and hope maketh not ashamed. Verse 5. Hope maketh not ashamed because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost which is given unto us. So the, the hope that we have in Christ doesn't make a shame. That word ashamed literally means to disappoint. It's not a disappointing hope. We live in a world where people are, are discouraged from hoping in anything. We, we even are, are plagued with churches where the preachers say, don't get your hopes up because you're going to be disappointed. Hope that is in Christ Jesus does not disappoint. Hope that is in Jesus Christ does not make you ashamed. I've known the Lord all my adult life. I've trusted in the Lord and I've stood on the Lord and His Word my whole life and He has never once disappointed me. I've been disappointed but not by Him. People disappoint you. People betray you. People let you down. Circumstances can disappoint you. I voted for politicians that disappointed me. <laughs> Do I hear an amen? amen. It's a disappointing world. Anywhere that you are plugged in and planted that is not Jesus Christ will be a disappointment. People become disappointed in their marriage partners. They become disappointed with their children. They become disappointed with themselves. I can't tell you how many times I've looked into the mirror and said, you disappoint me. <laughs> Don't look at me like that. How many of you can identify with what I'm saying? But in hoping in, by hoping in Christ, you, He will not disappoint you. He will always come through for you. Amen. Now I want you to turn with me to Ephesians chapter 3. And we're going to read a passage here in the King James Version. And then we're going to look at it in the Passion Translation. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 14. I don't have time to start at the beginning, but that whole book is a marvelous, marvelous, marvelous book written by a man who knew what he was talking about. But in, in chapter 3, we're going to start off with verse 14, which says, For this cause I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that He would grant you, according to the riches of His glory, to be strengthened with might by His Spirit in the inner man. God wants you strong on the inside. He wants you resilient. He wants you healthy. He wants you vibrant on the inside. He wants you victorious on the inside. Because if you can't get victory there, you won't have victory on the outside. 
If you can't win there, you're going to lose outside. So he wants, he wants to strengthen your inner person with his might. Verse 17, that, or in order that, Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth and length and depth and height, and to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge, that you might be filled with all the fullness of God. Now that's a mouthful. The purpose, he says, God's reason for strengthening you in your inner man by His Spirit is so that Christ can dwell in your hearts and that you would be rooted and grounded in His love. He wants you rooted and grounded in the love of Jesus. Remember Romans 5 says that, the, that in verse 5 said, the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit which is given to us. God floods your heart with His love. He fills your inner person with His love and His love is the, is the fertile ground that He wants you to plant your roots into. Knowing His love, having His love, and living by His love. Drawing all of your strength and all of your energy from the love that He has filled your heart with. The love of God, God's love, agape, the love of God is not going to be could be, should be, but is shed abroad in your hearts. If you're a believer in Jesus Christ, God's love has poured into your heart. It's there. You need to set down roots into that love because it's from that love, the presence of His love, that you are going to be able to comprehend and understand the full measure of God living in you. He said breadth, length, depth, and height, and to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge, that you might be filled with all the fullness of God. I can't describe what that is. That's beyond our, our, our ability to describe. The fullness of God? Think about it. That's everything that God is, is poured into your life through those roots that you have laid down into the love of Christ. You're standing on the grace, that, that, that ground that Jesus has sanctified by His own offering of His own body and blood. You're standing in that grace and you, you're being filled with His love and your roots are going into that love and in that ground, in that love, you're drawing the energy of God. You're pulling on the strength and the mighty power of God. Amen? Now look at verse 20. Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us. And what power is it that's working in me? It's the power of the Holy Spirit as I'm rooted in that love. 
the power that worketh in us. The power that, is, that word worketh means to be energized or to be turned on. There's a, there is, there is a, a supernatural dunamis of God that is activated in the culture of His love that you'll not find anywhere else. And it goes above, it goes exceedingly, exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or think. Unto Him be glory in the church. That glory that Catherine Coleman experienced at her death. Wasn't the first time she saw it, felt it, and experienced it. She lived in it. And everywhere she went, that glory came down. And people were healed, miracles occurred, salvations happened, all because she was there and she was a carrier of the glory of God. Many times, most times, she never touched the people. She just stood there on the platform and bedazzled people with her fancy costumes and her funny way of speaking. And she would say something like, the Holy Spirit is here. And then people would start jumping out of wheelchairs. Cancers would start falling off of people. People would start, uh, you know, displaying uh, signs of euphoria because God's glory would be released in that, in, that, in that place. Big arenas, big coliseums, tens of thousands of people affected by the presence of His glory. Amen. James Maloney uh, tells a story about he, he traveled a long distance to be in a meeting there when she was uh, in, uh, in Los Angeles. And he said he got there early. He got him a good seat. He's sitting there, and she, she didn't come in uh, on the platform. She came in from the back. And he said, I didn't even have to turn around. I could, I could sense the presence of God moving down that, that aisle. It wasn't just Catherine Kuhlman. It was, it was the God in her. Just moving. And, and see, Catherine Coleman loved God. She loved the Holy Spirit. She had, she had a, a really close, intimate relationship with the Holy Spirit that any of us can have if we just go for it. And as she's walking down that aisle, she's got on these long, flowing uh, 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 gown. And it's got big sleeves, big, big flowing sleeves on it. And, and uh, he turns around in his seat just as she came past him. And she just drug that sleeve over his face. And he was out like a light. And he said he stayed out in the spirit until the service was over. And... Half the people were gone, and he came to, and he, he was angry because he missed the whole service. But just the entrance of his glory overpowered this six-foot-five giant of a man, you know, football player. She didn't touch him. She didn't speak to him. She didn't even look at him. Her sleeve just passed over. <laughs> That's the presence of glory. And God wants that glory to be 
uh, in the church. Verse 21 says, Unto Him be glory in the church, by Christ Jesus throughout all ages, world without end. Amen. Now, did that bless you? Well, get ready for uh, the same verses delivered passionately in the Passion Translation. Get this. First of all, uh, in, in uh, Ephesians 3.16, he says, And I pray that He would unveil within you the unlimited riches of His glory and favor until... See, we, we, need, we need to stay in His presence until... We get too big, in too big of a hurry. We get too impatient to move on. But he says, I pray that he would unveil within you the unlimited riches of his glory and favor until supernatural strength floods your innermost being with his divine might and explosive power. Have any takers? Anybody want that? Let me read it again. I know it's, uh, it must be up here because y'all looking back there. But I, I don't, I, you may be seeing it, but I don't think you're seeing it. Let's do it again. He's talking about a supernatural strength that is available to you because you're rooted in Him. He says, I pray that He would unveil within you the unlimited riches of His glory and favor until supernatural strength floods your innermost being with His divine might and explosive power. Supernatural strength. Turn to somebody and say, supernatural strength. Yes, we saw, we, many times we feel weak. We feel inept. We feel uh, uh, infirm. But there's a supernatural strength for you to tap into today. If you're standing on that grace and, and you're letting your roots go down into His love, there's a supernatural strength available to you today. Suck it up like a thirsty plant. <laughs> now look at verse 17. Supernatural strength, but also supernatural roots. He says, then, by constantly using your faith, by constantly using your faith, the life of Christ will be released deep inside you, and the resting place of His love will become the very source and root of your life. I love that. By constantly using your faith, the life of Christ will be released deep inside of you. And the resting place of His love, which is supernatural, by the way, will become the very source. His love will become the source and root of your life. Hallelujah. I'm, I'm praying, Lord, help me. Help me answer his prayer where I'm concerned because I, I need that. I need that revelation and I need that enlightenment in my life. I've been a Christian since I was 12, people. 
60 years. Almost. And I've had, I've had my ups and downs, but I've had too many downs. I, I, I need more ups. <laughs> Amen? So I need to use my faith to tap into His love. See, His love is the object. Loving Him, Him loving you, that's what it's all about. Then look at uh, Ephesians 3.18 and 19. Then, <laughs> after you tap into His love with your roots... Then you will be empowered to discover what every holy one experiences. Wouldn't you just love to discover what Catherine Coleman experienced? Just for example? Somebody said, yeah, but I don't want to be weird. She was weird. You know what? If being weird is how you get there, then weird I'll be. You know, I'm... I lost, I, listen, my pride died a long time ago. Amen. What, my, my worry about what people think of me, it died a long time ago. It tries, to, it tries to get resurrected once in a while, but, you know, I just kill it again. If I don't kill my pride, God will. So he says, Then you will be empowered to discover what every holy one experiences. The great magnitude of the astonishing love of Christ in all its dimensions. Now, do you think, looking at that, do you think that maybe there's some aspects of His love we haven't discovered yet? Do we have to die and go to heaven to discover the full dimensions and magnitudes of His love? I hope not. I, I'm out for discovery tonight, today. Praise God. How deeply intimate and far-reaching is His love. See, one reason why people avoid God is they are afraid of being intimate with Him. Because they don't know His love. They think He's an angry God walking around with a big stick in His hand. Looking for people to bop over the head with that big stick. They don't know His love. If, if you knew His love, you wouldn't be afraid of it. In other, you would crave intimacy with Him. How enduring and how inclusive is His love. Endless love beyond measurement. Endless love beyond measurement that transcends our understanding. This extravagant love pours into you until you are filled to overflowing with the fullness of God. Mm. Extravagant love. There's a song we sing, Amazing Love. Well, this says His love is extravagant. God's not trying to be uh, stringent with you. He's not trying to be restrictive with you. Romans says he withholds no good things for them that uprightly, that walk uprightly before him. If you're in right relationship, that means if you're standing in his grace and Jesus is your Lord and Master and you're standing in his grace, he wants to unfold his amazing love to you. 
He wants to embrace you in it. See, that's, that's supernatural power there. Filling you to overflowing with His fullness. Now remember, that love we're talking about does not disappoint. Amen. You're not going to get into the depths of God's love and then found, find out there's a gotcha there. No, He will not disappoint you. There's not a sour inner core to God. It's the devil's apples that have worms. God's apples are good to the core. Amen? And out, out of this relationship, Ephesians 3.20, becomes supernatural results. Supernatural results. Ephesians 3.20, Never doubt God's mighty power to work in you and accomplish all this. Never doubt God's mighty power to work in you. You see, what He's done for others, He'll do for you. Never doubt God's love for you personally. Jesus loves me, this I know. Or the Bible tells me so. We learned to sing that when we were children. It's true. Never allow your enemy to cause you to doubt his love. Do you know that psychologists have, have discovered through their many studies that, that angry people are angry because they don't feel loved? They don't feel loved, they don't feel respected, they don't feel appreciated, and, 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 and so the, it, a spirit of rejection builds up within them, and they become angry. How many people you know, that have that problem? They, they deal with anger. They have to go to anger management classes, or, or they have to have demons cast out of them. And it's all because they are not rooted in His love. Once you get past all the barriers and get, get your roots down in the love of God, you'll never be angry again. Because you'll realize there's no reason, there's no logic for you being angry. Why would I be angry with a God that loves me? Amen? Amen. <laughs> never doubt God's mighty power to work in you and accomplish all this. He will achieve infinitely more than your greatest request. This is the Passion Translation. Infinitely more than your greatest request. Your most unbelievable dream. And exceed your wildest imagination. He will outdo them all. For His miraculous power constantly energizes you. Now we offer up to God all the glorious praise that rises from every church and every generation through Jesus Christ and all that will yet be manifest through time and eternity. Amen. That's us. I'm there. Verse 21 is my title deed to all this I'm talking about. He says, he says now we offer up to God all the glorious praise that rises from every church in every generation through Jesus Christ. That's this church. That's you and me. Praise the Lord. You and me. 
You and me are not excluded. We're included. I'm included in this love of God mystery. He will achieve infinitely, infinitely more than your greatest request. What is your greatest request? You'll be amazed how many people have never even offered a great request to the Lord. Why? They're not convinced that He loves them. Why is it that Christians don't, they don't ask largely of God? Why is it that we're content to just survive and make it through a day? We lay down our, our heads on our pillows that night and say, Lord, I thank you. I made it through another day. Give me grace to make it tomorrow. Is that, what, is that the level on which God wants us to live? He wants us to flow in His abundant grace. He wants His power to be manifest so greatly in us that we have no needs. So that we can busy ourselves sharing His love with people who have needs. Why is it that the church is as needy as the world? I think it's because we've uprooted ourselves and moved on from His grace into works, into pride, thinking we can make it on our own. Folks, I learned, I've learned, I learned yesterday, I can't do this by myself. <laughs> Amen. You said, what happened yesterday? Life happened. How many of you had life yesterday? All right. We can't make it uprooted from God's love. We've got, to, we've got to make sure our roots. It's the same thing that we were talking about Psalm 91. You know, being in that secret place of the Most High God, planted in His presence and in His mercy and never allowing ourselves to be removed from it. That's the, only, that's the only way to, to, to continuously live a blessed life is to remain under the shadow of the Almighty. Amen? Amen. So I, I guess this morning I'm just preaching the same sermon using different scriptures. But God wants us, God wants us to get deeply plugged into His life. Jesus said the enemy came, the thief came to steal and kill and destroy. But I came that you might have life and have it more abundantly. Jesus did not come to bring lack and suffering. He came to bring the life of God. And it's offered to whoever would believe on Him, believe on Him, believe on Him, not just believe in Him, but believe on Him. That means stand in His grace. Stand on Him. And get your roots down into His marvelous love. Because that's where all the power, that's where all the strength comes from. If you want to be a healthy plant, you've got to be planted by the river. Amen? The psalmist said that, you know, in Psalm 1. The blessed man is the man who's constantly abiding in the Word of God. He'll be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. His roots will never dry up. 
His leaves will never dry up and fall off, and he'll always bear fruit. You want to bear fruit? You got to stay plugged in, rooted in his marvelous love. Can you say amen?